Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast. And if you want to find out more about us, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. study with Moses, and I have to say, when you go and you're standing there in front of the author of the book, and you tell him that your church is doing it as a church study, the way Adam lit up, he could actually probably light our sanctuary. He was excited to hear that we were doing this together as a church. He said that's the way it was intended to be, and he was very pleased that we were taking this task on together. Before we dig into the scripture reading today, I want you to take out your bulletin, and I want you to take out a pen, and I'm going to give you a little pop quiz. Uh, if you don't pass, you have to clean something here. No, uh, no. Do you have the Ten Commandments memorized? If, you, if, if this was like a test of tests, meaning a test where... Um, if you didn't pass, it may not mean that you get into the kingdom of God. Could you pass? I'll be honest, I would fail. I, every time I've tried and, and have worked and have done all the work to try to memorize the Ten Commandments, I get hung up on those middle ones. You know those middle ones. The ones, we'll, we'll see those in the reading. They're pretty easy to, to get lost uh, in just remembering them because there's so many. There's 10. Ten's a big number. Ten's a double-digit number. That, that's 10 things so hard to remember. But I think with me in the Ten Commandments, it's not about having them memorized. It's about having them known. I may not be able to quote them to you verbatim in King James Version like was taught to most of you that attended Sunday school pretty much up until now. And it wasn't something that in my tradition was ever reared into us unless we turned on the movie, The Ten Commandments, and we saw them on Charlton Heston as he's holding them. You know the picture. They weren't something that was taught to me just sitting there with the book of Exodus going through Exodus 1 through 17. They were taught to me by my parents and those around me by the way they modeled them. And that's how we know them. And so, like, don't be afraid if you can only get four or five or seven or if you get nine and, and you realize that, that the first one could be one and two. Um, realize this. It's really how you model them. And so think about that as we go through this today. Let, let's, let's open up our Bibles to Exodus chapter 20 and listen to these words. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You must have no other gods before me. Do not make an idol for yourself, no form whatsoever, of anything in the sky, above, or on the earth below, or in the waters underneath the earth. 
Do not bow down to them or worship them, because I, the Lord your God, am a passionate God. I punish children for their parents' sins, even to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But I am a loyal and gracious to those to the ten thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not use the Lord your God's name as if it were no significance. The Lord won't forgive anyone who uses his name that way. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as a holy. Six days you work and do your, all your task. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it. Not you, your sons or your daughters, your male or female servants, your animals or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything that is in them, and in six days but rested on the seventh. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that your life will belong to the fertile land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. Do not desire and try to take your neighbor's house. Do not desire and try to take your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So how'd you do? Did you get them all? Not even close. I got a few. Seven out of ten. You know, if you get five or six out of ten, that's a passing grade in my book. Um, you know, I was told in seminary, if you get a D, you can still get your MDiv. I don't think I ended up with any Ds in seminary. Fs in college, but no Ds in seminary. Eugene Peterson, in his notes on this particular text in the Message Study Bible, he wrote this. He said, if we are going to live in a community, dealing with the God we cannot see takes priority over dealing with those we can see. Our relationship with God forms the plumb line in our relationship with others. When the vertical line is plumb, the horizontal line have, have a standard by which they are all kept level. And that is how community is built. What Peterson is saying here is that our relationship with God dictates our relationships with others. And if our relationship with God is sideways, how do you think our relationship is going to be with our friends, family, and those of us around us? It will be sideways. It will be cockeyed. It will be crazy. You'll have to go back in and, and, and rethink how this relationship could be made right. And I was thinking this last week on Monday, um, several of us gathered at the Wesley to put together the swinging bitch swing thing that uh, Shannon's going to have at the Wesley as soon as we get the benches in and as soon as the, the rest of the, the pieces were going together. But we were cutting some of the wood to get it ready and get it situated. And, and Josh, he's not here so I can pick on him. Josh made a mistake on the cut and cut it backwards. And so we were getting ready to look at this big, heavy piece of wood, and it was made backwards. It wouldn't have worked. But because of his miscalculations of cutting backwards, he also cut it not far enough so he could actually go back through and correct it. 
saving the wood and not wasting it. And looking at that, it kind of, it kind of made me think about our relationship with God and, and what kind of measurement tool are we using? How are we holding ourselves accountable to living into these Ten Commandments? I kind of like what Wesley did. John Wesley came up with these general rules for, for his societies, and, and, and it's something that the church abides in. And the first rule is by doing no harm. Avoiding all evil in every kind, especially that it's which is generally practiced. We avoid evil. We we look at ourselves and our lives and see what is evil and try to get rid of it. Because when we open ourselves up for that, not only are we you know, not following what God commands us, we're not living in the right way that we need to be living. And our struggle with the Ten Commandments tends to be that you know, some of these are pretty easy to do. Do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal. You know, those are, those are kind of easy. Those are pretty understandable. It's the idol creating where we get in trouble. How many of you watched football yesterday? And, and not only just watched football, structured your life around football. How many of you, and, and you don't have to self, you know, just keep your hands down. I'll let you confess between you and God. How many of you structured your life around something that was just a thing and not something that was important that, that could help change the world or show God's light to the world? How many of you, and, and I, this is, this, I'll self-confess on this, how many of you follow someone else that you shouldn't? I have to admit, going to Church of the Resurrection, I'm Adam Hamilton's number one fan in my book. I mean, I, I, mean I, I love the man to death. He does great ministry. He's a great teacher. He has a love and care, a passion in the church. And the problem that we run into as pastors and laity who, who get excited about him, it's always fun. The reason, one of the reasons why I love going to Leadership Institute is to see how people flock to Adam Hamilton. Because it's kind of funny. Because, I mean, it's like a magnet. I mean, just as soon as the session's over, even if Adam wasn't a presenter, you know, some of them will go talk to the presenter, but everybody's, where's Adam? Where's Adam? And I have to admit, I got bit by the bug a little bit. Uh, Shannon and I, after visiting Steve, we, were, we walked into this restaurant, Fuzzy's, and I could have swore he was sitting at Fuzzy's. I could have swore he, he ducked out. I tried to convince Shannon, that's got to be Adam. That, that, that's him. I swear that's him. It wasn't. I didn't embarrass myself and go, hey, excuse me, are you Adam Hamilton? No, you could just, you just knew. You would have stopped me. I don't think anybody could have stopped me. But we run in the risk of that with idols. There are things that we put in our way between us and God. And the only way you defeat an idol is you recognize it and you don't allow it to consume your life. And that's not easy. And that's something that, that we all have to work with. Us pastors, you know, laity, we all have to work on those idols because they get in the way between us and God. And then it makes us go horizontal and we're not level. And we're not the way that we need to be. We all do it. What are your idols? 
What are those things that keep you between your relationship, between you and God? Because everybody has them. And it's the ability of recognizing that this is not going to wreck my relationship between me and God. I had to come to that fruition a few years ago, with, really with Adam Hamilton. He does great ministry, but he's not God. He has great ideas, but he's not God. And so I really don't allow him to become between me and my faith. And that's a struggle that we all have to wrestle with. The next rule that Wesley has is by doing good. The, the thing that we should strive to do is not only do no harm, but do good. So this week, when did you do good? This week, when did you help someone else that needed helping? When did you sacrifice your time and, and help those around you? The last of Wesley's rules, and to me one of the most important, is by attending upon all the ordinances of God, or as, you, as Reuben Job put it in his book, The Three Simple Rules, staying in love with God. This week, how did you stay in love with God? How did you work on that? Because that's something we all have to work on. That's something we all have to strive to do. That's something that we have to hold ourselves accountable week in and week out. Attending worship, being a part of a Bible study, tithing. Those things are important. Those things help us stay in right relationship with God. They bring us center. They, they help us. And when we can do those three things, not only does our relationship become right, our relationship becomes in the right place where God needs us to be. The Ten Commandments, they're important. But I like what Jesus did. Jesus said in John 13, verses 34 and 35, he says, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you, so you must also love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. The ultimate challenge, the hardest thing to do, the Ten Commandments are kind of easy in some ways, but to me, the Eleventh Commandment is the hardest. Love. And not just love those people around you, love those people that wear the same color of college team around you, love those people that wear the same favorite person or music around you. The real struggle is that when we can love everyone outside of our circle, and we can do that as best as we can, that is when we're really being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it's not easy. And you can't do it alone. And you need people around you to support you and, and push you to, to do just that. Love is the ultimate commandment. Hamilton reminded us in, in our reading this week that the Ten Commandments are meant to keep us from harm and for succumbing to thoughts and behaviors that enslave us. All the commandments were given not to deny us happiness, but to free us from the things that enslave us and give us life. These commandments are intended to give us life. And Jesus' ultimate command of love frees us, opens us up, and allows us to be closer to God. So this week, how are you going to love? How are you going to love your neighbor? How are you going 
to pay attention to those commandments and strive not to create idols, not to take the Lord's name in vain, not to kill. Please, don't kill. Um, those things. How are you going to do that and show love to everyone you meet? It's a tough challenge this week, but no, you're not alone. There are people walking with you and helping you do this. But most of all, God is with you. So go forth in love, sharing God's love to everyone you meet. If you can do that, we'll be all right. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we hope that you come and join us some Sunday, and you can find out more about us at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day.